I'm the flying lizard with a knife, shivering dragon. You gonna say your name? Oh yeah, Ralph. That's me. <laughs> and I'm the student that hangs out underneath the bleachers at Strixhaven to, you know, sell you the good stuff. Jazz. What's the good stuff? You know the good stuff. I don't. It's. Um, it's is it drugs? Maybe. Is it? Or is it? Coochie? Or it's me. It's it's good, whatever it is. Whatever I'm selling, it's good. I support it. I support it. That's very entrepreneurial of you. But Right. Yeah. I, I want to sell what you're buying. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Um, but also, welcome to the Partner Commanders podcast. I am your host, Ralph. Hi. And, and I'm also is... a host. Yes. Of, Jazz is... of, of things. <laughs> yes, we, bo- we, we both host. That's I a lie. Host. I do not host. Um, but yeah, this we're together. Is, we're, to, we're married. <laughs> we're not. We're actually not married, but I not mean, yet. But we um, will be eventually. Yeah. Um, but this is our gay little podcast where we talk about everything uh, commander and magic they gathering. And mm-hmm. thank you for tuning in today. We are uh, second episode in after a bit of a hiatus, and I'm excited. What to... hiatus? There is no what? hiatus. What? Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Um, That was canceled. But, you know, we're we're here and we're queer and we're here to talk about cards. Jazz, what cards exactly are we going to be talking about today? Um, we're talking about the Commander 21 series, the cards that came in the Commander 21 sets. Um, I mean, they're basically like Strixhaven extracurricular learning. Exactly. Sort of yeah, it's all expanded um, settings in the Strixhaven plane, uh, which is like Arcadius or whatever. But um, yeah, it's so. like it's all the cards that like they wanted to include, but it would not fit within the standard sphere or the limited sphere. And it was like this fits the world, but it's kind of just for Commander. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just this is a treat for the Commander babies out mm-hmm. there. And I, yes, that's us. That's all of us. Um, so you included you specifically. (laughs) You, are you ready? Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah. How have you been, Jazz? How's your week been? Oh my god, I don't. Well, like, hopefully this this the topic is still. You know what? This topic is always going to be topical because Mm -hmm. it's fucking butter that came out by bts <laughs> i'm obsessed literally obsessed i've been listening to the song on repeat since the day of its release since the evening of its release technically for here in the west coast of of the states and non-fucking-stop in the car in the shower while i cook while i game what it's like i want to fucking play it during stream but like i don't want to be strike like given Stuck the strikes down the struck down of the DMCA hammer. But even then I'm like willing to risk it for these boys. Okay. <laughs> you don't understand. Not only is the song just a fucking banger, but like the music video, uh, the taste, the styling, the choreography, the dancing, it's, and then, then this past Sunday, 
they released, they performed live on the Billboard Music Awards, and oh my god, the live performance, it's blowing my mind. I'm like, <sighs> I don't think you understand. Like, they just mean so much to me. I don't understand, but you definitely stand. I definitely stand. But, you know, you just gotta be careful. Um, all that butter, you need to look out for your cholesterol. Like, the, there's so much butter. There is so much butter happening in this. And it's like... I mean, freaking J-Hope eats a fucking pat of butter. Who the hell does that? J-Hope, obviously. Apparently J-Hope. Our Hobes. Our Hobie. Is that what y'all called him? Yeah. J- I think J-Hope sounds cooler. I mean, yeah, but, like, it's also kind of his name. It's like his nickname. Okay. Of his name. Oh, wait, is his name Hobie? No, it's uh, Jun Hosok. Oh, okay. Wait, I could be wrong. Yeah, actually, how's the Korean coming along? Oh, no, I was totally right. It, yeah, it's Jun Hosok is his name, and J-Hope is his, is, is his nickname. nickname that he gave himself. And then ARMY has like further nicknamed it Hobie or Hobes or... Wait, is it is it J-Hobe or J-Hope? J-Hope. Okay, but they just changed it to a B. Yeah, because that's kind of how Korean is sometimes. Oh, okay, cool. Because the P-B, like, sound... Peanut butter? The sound for P is similar to the sound for B in the um, Korean lexicon or pronunciation. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. cool, cool, cool but anyways, cool. he's just eating a fucking put of pat, a pat of butter. Not a stick, not a whole stick, but just a pat. Yeah, no, they gotta stay fit and skinny, those K-pop boys. I mean, they could probably eat as much butter as they fucking want. Like, their rehearsals are insane. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Am I just gonna talk about BTS? No, I was gonna gonna change the subject so we wouldn't. No! (laughs) I want to talk about the real important topics here, which is J-Hope and his beautiful mustard yellow hair and his dancing in the elevator. I swear to God, you all need to watch the music video. I'm we like, are we are taking a hard 180 into becoming a K-pop podcast. <laughs> that's fine with me. I'm totally cool <laughs> with discussing other K-pop groups and artists like Wonho. Hello, I'm one hole for Wonho. And then the girl groups Espa. Hi, welcome to the scene. Okay, never mind. Just, we 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 can't keep doing. We, it's like every week. <laughs> we can talk about something else. <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. What? How has your week been? What have you been up to? <laughs> my week has been um, really good, really good. I've just, I, I've just wrapped up my college semester. I've completed third year. Ooh, Congratulations! Thank you. My God, it was so awful. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I finished my college work for the semester and. Um, I'm super excited to be going into my final year come this fall. So that's super cool. Um, and I'm just so happy to have all that work out of the way. And working from home was absolutely horrible. I hated it. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just happy to have a, a, a hot day them summer, you know? Of course. Yes. And be the thembo that you need to be. I will. I'll be the thembo that I deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I took a little break from my streaming for the college work, but I'm, I'm back streaming again. Um, it's gonna, and it's a lot of fun. I find, I did my first Twitch emote because I hit affiliate. So that's, Congrats. yeah, that's I a know. big step. 
it's so cool. It, it's so exciting. And um, I really like I really like the emote that I drew. So hopefully that gets approved soon. But yeah, um, it's all it's all coming up, Ralphie. And I just got a few boxes of Dragon Shield sleeves in the mail today, along Ooh. with some perfect fit sleeves. So oh, look at look at you double sleeving. Uh, it, it it's just for the foils. Yeah, it, it's those really cool like side sleeves where the opening is on the side. Ooh, I actually really love like a side it. slit. We do. It's it's a little sexy. It's a little flirty, but it's actually it actually slides into the sleeves a lot better than like um like the fold down like ones that are like sealable which is what i was using before so right yeah that's super cool um but yeah um yeah that's been my that's been my week <laughs> oh i've also been learning the butter choreography of course you have yeah i'm like i'm not i'm not okay like i know i'm standing but really if you've never listened to bts if you've never listened to k-pop just listen to butter you'll get hooked or dynamite or dynamite yeah but butter or dynamite but really like butter is there they're like oh my god like you need to. it's just like objectively good like pop music yeah it's just even a if good, you don't feel good song even if you're not part of the army um but also um no damn it i lost track i lost it anyway uh uh commander 2021 yes cards. yes theme topic getting magic back on track Sorry. magic the gathering that is what we're here for we are gathered here today for the magic um, specifically, uh, some our favorite new cards from Commander Twenty Twenty One, and some of maybe our favorite reprints. Uh, I think I only have one reprint. Oh, okay, most cool. Of the other, most of the uh, my other picks are all new cards. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, Jazz, do you want to kick us off with your first card? Of course, I would love to start us off. Um, this was something that was like. My first pick is not a single card, but rather a cycle. It was something that was completely needed, but it was the talismans. The talisman cycle. I, wait, did we get all five of them? Nope. There is no talisman of, of there's no talisman of conviction in the Lorehold precon. Okay, which so is we got four homophobic. Of <laughs> um, I think I think so. Okay. Well, well, isn't the talisman of conviction kind of like lower in price because, or is it still pretty high? Um, I can't remember, but I wish it had been in the deck either way. Yeah. <laughs> instead, instead of well, fucking I mean, Boros Cluestone or whatever. I figure that it's like lower in price compared to the others, just because of the colors. Like, sorry, no shade, but you know, just how it is. Um. Anyways, I'm glad that they that we got a reprint of at least some of them because it was absolutely necessary, absolutely needed. When I saw them, when I got when I saw the one for Wither Bloom, I was like, oh my god, this is in this deck. Shook shook.com it was kind of like the first time i listened to butter anyways moving on what's the next card for you i mean is there anything else to talk about about the talismans they're just great ramp it's two mana ramp it's great yeah super good super good um if we're talking about mana ramp and reprints uh one of my key reprints from the set is knight of the white orchid um it is just a two drop knight that fetches you a, a planes and puts it onto the battlefield if an opponent has more lands than you and has that been has it been a while since it's been reprinted? It was a while before last year. It was okay. it was pre reprinted last year in the uh Ikoria Humans Commander precon. Got it. And then it was reprinted in this one in I think the um in the Silver Quill deck. 
Look so, at that. Give us the reprints. Yes, exactly. It's, this card should be 100% a staple in every, at the very least, mono-white deck, maybe two-color decks if you don't have green. It is phenomenal. Um, it's like the OG, like, enter the battlefield uh, white ramp card. And Wait, does this have the stipulation that, like, someone has to have more land than you? Yeah, but okay. it doesn't have the stipulation that the planes has to be a basic, and it doesn't come into play tapped. Right. So that's yes. that's that's the boon there. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really good. And before that, it was actually really high up in price because I think it was only printed one like once before that in Magic Origins, mm-hmm. in that core set. So it took a while for it to get reprinted. So it was getting up there in price. So, oh, I'm so happy to see that this card is reprinted. But yeah. Jazz, what's your favorite new cards? While we're on the track of talking about ramp, uh, I saw this card get played, and it basically like tilted the entire shift of the game um, towards one player. Oh. Um, and it's Scholarship Sponsor. <laughs> yes, this is on my list as well. Um, so Scholarship Sponsor is a 3-3 human advisor for 3 generic and white mana, and it reads, when Scholarship Sponsor enters the battlefield, each player who controls fewer lands than the player who controls the most lands searches their library for a number of basic land cards less than or equal to the difference puts those cards onto the battlefield tapped then shuffles this is just a great equalizer if your mono green or just the green player in the pod is going after cultivate and then kodama's reach and then you know um, it might be seeking it's, it might be too good of an equalizer. It, yeah, that's that's the problem here. Because <laughs> at least from my our experience, because we were both playing in this game, mm-hmm. it ramped the is it the Prismari player to a level that we could not. You know, like there's there's a reason why you keep is it pushed back with the mana, yeah, or like keep their mana to mana rocks and not just lands, because if you give red blue enough mana, they will go insane. And that's and I mean, exactly what they did. Um, yeah. It was literally a one-turn storm kill massacre inferno. Which was that, funny, though, because like, none of us saw so, it coming. Not, it like, was not so even, funny to watch. It was so funny I don't, to watch. I don't even think the Prismari player saw it coming. Like, they, I don't think they realized that this was happening. But it was, And that was just, just the precon with no yeah. upgrades. Yeah. Which, like, like, personally, I don't think is like a great design choice for a precon that, like, a first like imagine if that happened with a first time player well i mean not i mean they I would have no idea what's happening it, right but at the same time like i don't think a new player would know to do the things that this player did that's true that's true but still i just think they it might, might have not they might have not seen the interactions and the potentiality for it where they'd rather just see like ooh big spill play this and then get this out of it but then yeah, right. not follow the steps forward to continue the storm yeah that's very true but um yeah with scholarship sponsor you know a rising tide rises all boats so you know just i think to make sure that a rising tide lifts all boats i think is the phrase like like you just need to be careful we're in a bow but whoever like whenever you decide to cast this card just be careful and you need to use it very carefully like it can be fun and it can be cool but just like while you're helping out other like the players who are behind you're also help you're not helping out the player who's ahead but there's probably a player who is just going to benefit from that completely 
I mean, who, it's, was, who wasn't behind. It's kind of it's the it's the risk you play with um, symmetric ramp or symmetric draw, where you know you could mm-hmm. end up like you know a good rights of flourishing. You think that you're helping yourself, but someone else could be taking advantage of it like completely more. So. Yeah, oftentimes those spells um, are you're not going to be the one who benefits the most from it. Which, I mean, like, obviously, the Silverquill deck is very political, so that's why this card is, like, created the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I really think that that's cool. I wish it would be, like, uh, like each player of your choice. So, like, it could be... I, I w- maybe it's if it said, like, two players. So, like, you could pick yourself and someone else. and and like, But if it affects all three other players, then there is a chance of it going very crazy. Yeah. Um, so for my next card, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess I'm good. That's my next card because we both had the sponsor, right? Yeah. Yeah. This might actually be one of your cards too, because it's so freaking good. Um, I have chosen inspiring refrain. That is not one of my cards. Oh, do you have any thoughts on it? Um, can you read it out again? Sure. Um, so inspiring refrain is a sorcery. It's four generic and two blue. And it reads, uh, draw two cards, exile inspiring refrain with three time counters on it. Or you could suspend three it for two generic and one blue. But the beautiful thing about this is that it just, it will constantly draw you cards. I mean, it's not going to be every single turn. You're on a three turn clock, but it's still great to get those two cards. Um, It's a great way to get through your deck. I I don't see it in every single blue deck. I don't see it in every single deck. I just think that the the design of it, especially the art where they're like musicians playing, like um, it kind of looks like they're playing around. It's very fun, and I the I've seen it put be put to work. It didn't necessarily, it wasn't like an MVP card, but it was definitely a card that put in work. It's very it's reliable, I would say that, but I think it's a little too slow for me. Um, if it like was if you got to do it like every every second turn i think that might be that would be a little bit more clutch because that like but and it also costs five mana to cast like straight up six 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 mana for three cards was it two cards six mana for two cards that's not amazing right i know it's not i mean you can just play like um like a preordain or something um, yeah. Oh wait, Freudian's one card. Um, but I mean, you're doing it for the three time counters. You're doing it because it's a. Sometimes you want the big spell, especially like in the Prismari deck. Like. Uh, That's true. That's true. They wanted it the syn- bigger it synchronizes CMC. with Zephy. Mm-hmm. Or even with um, there's a. This is actually kind of bleeding into another card that um I'll talk about later, but it's yeah two cards for for six not great but I mean you could still suspend it for three. Um, and that's about the rate for the card for for draw two, um, although you have to wait for it for three. Turns. Yeah, that's a like a it's a delayed divination. Is it great? No. Do I like it though? I just I just I just think it's neat. I'm Marge Simpson and it's my potato, and I'm like it's just I just think it's neat. I thought I was your potato. No, it's oh. it's my refrain. Oh okay. Well, I want to talk <laughs> about a I want to talk about a better card draw spell. Okay. And that is Commander's Insight. Um, so this is a uh, an it's an X spell. So it costs X and three blue, blue, blue. Not 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 three generic mana. There's three blue pips, and it's an instant. And target player draws X cards 
plus an additional card for each time they've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So this um this sounds very familiar to me. Um makes me think of Blue Sun's Zenith, Stroke of Genius, um, Mind Spring, but with just a teetsy 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 little upside that you also get to draw card draw extra cards for however many times you cast the your commander. So like it's it's as they say, as the kids say these days, a strictly better blue sun zenith. Like Wait, which, for... what card is this one? Is it a is it an instant? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's um pretty much the same thing. It just doesn't shuffle itself into its owner's library. But I think like this is just another really solid uh instant speed X spell that if you have like plenty of mana lying around or if you're running partner commanders which are very common these days you can draw like a considerable number like so if like say you do just do x for four but you've cast your commander twice that means you pay uh four into it but you get to draw six cards and so like seven mana six cards and that's like that's just like an average case there are plenty of times especially if you're paired with green that like this could get out of hand like we all we all know like you know big x spells can go absolutely nuts and like you might even just draw your whole deck you can lab man or thassa's oracle or whatever and so i just think this is a really nice uh injection into the commander format specifically so yeah i like it it's a powerful blue card look at that guys i know blue cards you know, the funny thing, like, I would play this in, and, like, I don't even have this deck, but it just made me remind, it reminded me of Zahid, Jinn of the Lamp, because you... Oh, you get to cast him loads of times. Yeah, just for, like, four and tapping a, um, an artifact, so if you have, like, a sack outlet, like, if you, like, had infinite mana and a sack outlet, anyways, I'm just, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a cool card. I'm into it. You've, you've tried to crack Zahid before. It's I not have. as easy as you think. Trying to crack the lamp, yeah. Not <laughs> very, very, very. Have you tried rubbing it? I mean, I'm always rubbing it. Okay, Jazz, what's your next card? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is also like kind of another, I guess, quote-unquote janky card. It's good, but it's not great. It's like, it's whatever. Um, it's Dika, Fractal Theorist. Uh, oh, cool. She's a legendary creature, human wizard, for 3-3. Three, three. Um, she costs 4 generic and 1 blue. And she has the Magecraft ability, where whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a 0-0 zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, where X is that spell's mana value. And then it has an activated ability, uh, 3 generic and 1 blue. Target creature token can't be blocked this turn. Um, would, would I build this deck... As a commander, yeah, just because I, I like building fun blue decks that are kind of out of the box sometimes. But I also, I think it would be good in like in, in the 99 of a Spellslinger deck, obviously. Um, the benefit of Dika that I believe is there is it gives you it gives you a, a permanent for a spell, which is something that like we love to see in Spellslinger decks. That's why you have the Murmuring Mystic. That's why you run um, Tall Ran. So that way you can get drakes and you can get birds. Um, what was it like? Dosen of Perfection 
gets you wizards. Mm-hmm. Wizards. Um, so, and then this one can give you fractals. And the benefit of Dika, however, is it's not just on cast, it's also on copy. And this goes back to, this harkens back to my previous card of Inspiring Refrain, where you just get six sixes. Like, every three turns, you'll get a six six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's and, pretty good. Not only and like not only is it like great to get to give you a body, um, but if you're also running counter synergies, which is big in Quandrix, which is big in Simic in general, mm-hmm. um, counter strategies are nice. So that way you can create something and then you can move those counters elsewhere, or you know do whatever the hell you want. There's also like Outlast and there's all the 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 what was it like the Abzan creatures that allowed you to bolster. Um, not bolster, but like they give you like if if your creature oh, has a lords. plus one, yeah, the lords. Yeah, like if it, if it has a plus one plus one counter, you'll have flying or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Abzan Battle Priest and Mirak Nightblade and all them. Like there, there's there's fun to be had with those. Yeah, for sure. Um, she's kind of on the lower power scale, but I'm getting to the point in Magic where I just want to have fun. I'm just here to have fun. Yes. So, I mean, granted, yeah. I also have crafted Orvar, and he is only fun for me and not for anyone else. <laughs> That's very true. But, um, yeah, no, I think Dika is cool. I like the, I think the make a tar- token creature unblockable is underrated. Oh, for it's, sure. It's just a neat little activated ability, which I think would be a lot of fun in a sea monster deck. Um because sea monster decks like to make lots of 9-9 Krakens and so on. Um, this also applies to the uh, Ka- Mother of Chaos herself, Merit Lodge. So oh, holy I shit, think th- yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think that's, I think that's very fun. <laughs> I'm into um, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if we are talking about... I have no segue, but I want to talk about my cards. So, <laughs> yeah, Archaeomancer's map. That's my. Who's that's man? my. Archaeomancer, you know that she? blue. Uh, she's a, a a one one wizard that costs two and two blue, and when she enters the battlefield, you can return target instant sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. But this map is actually a mono white artifact, um. So it costs uh, two and a white, and when it enters the battlefield, you search your library for up to two basic playing cards, reveal them, and put to your hand, and shuffle. And when a land card enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if they control more lands than you, you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm. So this is like if Cultivate and Exploration had a baby, but like gave the baby away and was adopted by like Mono White. In my opinion, this poor child. What are you talking about? This card, this card is amazing. This child this was adopted literally... by Mono White. That's what's sad. Mono White, it would make a great parent. Mm, sure. They support them, like they know what it's like to be the underdog. Because they are the underdog. Yeah, exactly. That means they be caring and careful. Um. Anyway, enough about parenting. Let's talk about magic. This. Uh, this is probably the best piece of mono white ramp that I have seen in a long time. I was just talking about Knight of the White Orchid as a staple from mono white. This is the other staple because this not only 
like it'll draw you two lands when it comes into play but probably like the, either the turn after you cast it or like like before your next turn somebody is going to play a land and they'll have more lands than you and that one of those lands that you draw will come into play this so that is that's a cultivate this didn't come out in um the set right no, no, no. This was in the Lorehold Precon exclusively. Okay, then that's why. There's my issue. Wait, what? What is that an issue? Well, because you just said you just... it's a mono white staple, and I agree. It's going to be it kind of needed in any mono white deck or any deck that's running white with no green. You're going to end up needing this card, and you can only get it in one place, which is the. Well, people cracked a lot of the. Um laurel decks for this card and for some other like high chase cards but i agree that this like i agree that this card needs to be reprinted again and right. again and again like this is like, bas- this is basically the dockside extortionist of white okay let's not go crazy <laughs> okay maybe not that crazy but i'm just saying like if it if it if this it, needs to be the standard right like, this should have been printed in the main set that way it could have been in circulation more so that way we're not paying seven eight dollars for this card yeah that's that's very fair that's very fair um but i mean i love i, it, I don't think like, yeah i i don't think it gels uh, it would gel really with like what strixhaven as a set as a standard set had going on but i agree that like it but like it is also like abstract enough in theme and flavor to just be plopped down in any old set really right so i'm perfectly happy to see this card uh be reprinted in like the next set <laughs> like modern horizons 2 do it i don't care mm-hmm. they they put if they put if they can put cast dissident mage into a modern horizons set they can put other commander cards in yeah why not as a treat as a treat yeah so like as i was saying this card is at its base a cultivate and with only with only upside because it'll last you a good while in the game and you'll be able to play lands and ex- it'll just basically get you to play extra lands it's like an ex- it's an exploration in white like i'm just i just i just love it it's just so good my darling what is your next card is it is equally janky as your previous one <laughs> i hate to say it but yeah i think we we we've swapped roles <laughs> this time yeah, you went for value, I, I went for, for jank. Um but okay, so my next card isn't completely janky. There's 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 strong potential in this card. Um it is Fane the Broker, the legendary creature human warlock 3/3 three, three, for two generic and one black. That alone 3/3 three, three for 3 mm. is great. Um especially for a commander, a 3 a 3 drop commander is always fun to have because they're easy to cast easy to get out even if they're removed you can bring them back um but fane has four different activated abilities first activated ability is you can tap him sacrifice a creature put two plus one plus one counters on target creature so fane is a sack outlet for your creatures and he has plus one plus one synergies second ability tap remove a counter from creature you control create a treasure token Wow, so he also ramps you? That's amazing. Third ability, tap, sacrifice an artifact, create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. 
oh, so he also is an artifact sack engine and will create you tokens. Awesome. And then fourth ability, you can do you can pay three generic and one black to untap Fane the Broker. So he's his own little engine, and I mean generate enough mana, have enough resources out. You can do a lot of stuff with Fane the Broker. I think that um, you can build him in multiple different ways. Will he be good in the 99? Yeah, a lot of these cards are good in the 99. But on his own, I think that he could make for very interesting decks. The issue with the deck building be behind Fane is that you kind of have to lean in on one sort of um, strategy because you don't you can't go for everything like because he because he has tokens because he creates uh, treasure tokens and because he puts plus one plus one counters you can't do everything or else you are going to falter so you kind of have to like lead toward one thing but with that being said I mean I can see Fane the Broker in like a Thales deck or I don't know um... what can you think of um like a mardu activated abilities tribal deck or something um i could see yeah. him in like I mean, a marches of the black rose deck as well because he can remove counters off of stuff um and also put plus mm -hmm. one plus encounters on stuff so that's pretty cool yeah exactly so there, there's a lot of potentiality for you know potentiality is um, not a word right do i think he's I, I think it's just is potential. Is that not a word? There's potentially, and there's potential. I don't think there's such a thing as potentiality. I'm very pretty. <laughs> you're you're so pretty, my love. You're so pretty. You've got so much potentiality. No, that is a word. <laughs> potentiality. It's a noun. Latent qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead to future success or usefulness. Okay, but that's just potential. Why would you add extra letters? I don't know. <laughs> Look at y'all adding like extra letters and shit. Potentiality. He just that's he so just funny. has he has potential, he has potentiality, he has personality, he has He has everything. I mean literally he has four activated abilities. So whatever you need, he he is. Um the thing that I like about Freedom Broker is he's basically like those engines that you don't necessarily need him in play, but he's good to have in play. Like, you know what I mean? I think what I find interesting about Fane, um, which isn't a lot, but um, is that when like I like commanders that like have fun interactions and interesting abilities that aren't like immediately broken by getting infinite mana. Exactly. Like like you don't like you don't solve you can't just win the game immediately if you have infinite mana and faint on board. Right. You need some other setup. You need to think a little bit harder about it, which I find interesting. Um, I mean, okay, so this the reason why I like Vayne, I mean, among other things, is because I'm the type of person that tried to play try out of the fates um yes. as an Orzhov deck and like as much work as you put into it, it kind of just like can't work very well fane can work very well that's mm -hmm. that's the thing here so i like i like this like i have i can be whatever you want me to be is the barbie girl the sort of uh model fane the broker is it's like you, you need tokens here. he's he's versatile yeah he's a first queen we love it mm, yeah take me to your fane the broke back mountain okay 
So what? It what is, sounded better in my head. <laughs> what's the next value card for that you've chosen? Value? What are you talking about? I hate value. Value? Not not me. Um, no, my next card is Ink Shield. Yeah, I so, had that too. Ink- so I guess I okay. I also chose the value. Oh yes, yes, and Ink Shield is overflowing with value. Oh, so much. Um, in- it is an instant for three generic, a white and a black. So it came in the Silver Quill deck. So um, you prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn. And for each one damage prevented this way, you create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token worth flying. Mm-hmm. Bam. So in my notes here, I put Ink Shield. And then under Ink Shield, I put, is anyone remotely surprised that this is here? Like on this list? Because I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, like literally, this is. I think a lot of people are saying that this is probably like, like the, the not the most powerful card, but definitely like one of the coolest. Yeah, I mean, if you if you've been on Twitter at all during this entire process, yeah. it's like everyone is talking about the their ink shield plays, and it's it's really cool. It's amazing. Like it reminds me of like deflecting palm, but also like secure the wastes, uh, but also like arachnogenesis. Like, it's that gotcha it's just play. like it's such a gotcha play. Like it can turn a game around and just like just like that. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's like your Teferi's protection. It's like okay, well, it's not that good. Yeah, I but mean, it's that... a different. It's a different kind of good. Yeah, and like Teferi's protection will like save you from like devastation, but then that's it. Ink Shield can save you from like being killed, and then do a really strong crackback right away. Mm-hmm. Because like maybe like. Say like the player to your right is like swinging out with like a blight steel, and you slap down an ink shield, and you and they're they're trying to dome you for like what like eleven damage I think is what blight steel has, so that will give you eleven two ones that can fly. Mm-hmm. So that the that player like who was in a pretty confident position before is probably shitting themselves now. The value. Especially... Go ahead. Sorry. Continue. Especially if they're not able to block. Because turning 11 damage swinging at you into 22 damage that you're able to send back at somebody? Ooh, girl. They're in danger. I I enjoy it. Like, it's a fairly priced, and by price I mean like mana value, it's a fairly priced mm-hmm. instant card um, fog effect because you're only going to be using this when you're like basically going to take a crap ton of damage. Um, I think I think this is worth using even if you're not about to like die. Oh yeah. If you just if you even think you could five, generate, even yeah. If, if you could gen, yeah, five two ones for five mana, and not and like not taking five damage, that's already just really good. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it for less than that unless you have like mana reduction. But that's just me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think this card is super fucking coconuts, and I really like it. I like it so, too. Oh my god, we have so much in common. You know what I else I like? Jank. This one's not jank. <gasps> what is it? Um, it's butter. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant all of a sudden. Um, but you know who loves butter as much as I do? Who? Guillaume, the master <gasps> chef. Oh my god, what a segue. Right, I love that from us. I love that for I... me. I love that for you. I had no part in that. <laughs> um, yeah, my next card is Guillaume Master Chef. 
uh, he is a legendary creature, Troll Warlock, for uh, 5-3. Um, converted mana cost of 2 generic, a black, and a green. So he was in the Wither Bloom precon. Um, his abilities are he has Trample. And at the beginning of your end step, create a number of food tokens equal to the number of non-token creatures you had enter the battlefield under your control. And then he has a activated ability of pay one generic sacrifice of food. Target creature gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it. Um, so I've seen a lot of people talk about like the strategies for Guillaume, um, and a lot of them were just like, "Oh, this is gonna be a fun janky build of like, let me do all rats," which is one of my ideas that I was gonna do. Like, let me do rat colony, so that you could have all these food tokens. People are doing also just like food tribal with Guillaume, but I don't think people realize like how strong he is with just a normal deck, like not focusing on, on. Yeah, he is serving. The fact that he offers protection because he can just sacrifice a food and you can give yourself creature indestructible makes him a good Voltron commander. Um, it can make you just a good commander to go wide to protect things that you need protected. He's great for gaining life because of obviously for food. And then also something that I didn't even realize until like I was playing against someone and they pointed it out to me. You can sacrifice a food to tap a creature down for from... An opponent's creature down so basically you can go in for a swing i uh, uh, it, this is another another versatile dude like you clearly have a type i do I warlocks versatile warlocks are my type i'm kind of surprised that guillaume is like a warlock though because i think i when i think of like a chef i think of like a shaman like just in terms of like the flavor historically of what like um like magic has done because like warlocks are like so edgy but this the, he, he he's a cook he's a chef yeah it's kind of wholesome and then like one of my favorite things about guillaume is like just his name like it's spelled the way it's pronounced but like you know that it has ties to the french language of like the name guillaume um oui, oui. so it's it's cute and it's like it's it's a i feel like strixhaven hat especially within the Witherbloom family, is, like, it was very playful with what they mm. were doing. Um, yeah, you could tell they had a lot of fun in designing the characters. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, Guillaume probably loves butter. I love butter. I love Guillaume. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I'm totally building Guillaume. Well, if we're talking about legendary creatures that we may or may not be building, um, my pick... Uh, for this entry is Loshiel, Clockwork Scholar. Oh, I have her too. Oh my god, Dave. We're like so in sync this week. I Holy know. shit. I love that for us. Um, so Loshiel, Clockwork Scholar, is a 2-4 elephant artificer for 2 and a white. Um, she's a legendary creature, obviously. And uh, she reads, Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. Nope. Attacking artifact creatures that you control. Yes. So it's just, just artifact creatures. Just the artifacts. And yeah. And whenever one or more artifact creatures enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. It unfortunately has the clause of visibility that triggers only once each turn. So it's got it's hampered a little bit by that final little bit of text. It's, but I but think it's not she's, bad. I think she's still really cool. I mean, it's like Tuvasa. 
Like, you get the trigger once, that's fine. You. Like... That's true. Actually, now that you mention it, this is very similar to Tuvasa. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it's easier to get, like, enchantment ETVs than artifact creature ETVs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, at least in, like, in the commander's color identity, because Tuvasa has blue in it, which makes it a lot easier for flickering. Um, the, tricky, like, obviously... the tricky thing mm-hmm. with Loshiel is that you want artifact creatures, so it, it won't trigger for your artifact, just regular artifacts, your ramp and all that stuff, which is unfortunate. Um, I wish that it would trigger upon... Well, I mean, um, you can get artifact creature ramp, like Burnished Heart... Solemn Simulacrum, uh, Palladium Mirror, Gold Mirror. Like, right. that's like what I, I would lean into that for. I'm like, just saying, I want to draw a card when I play a Soul Ring. That's all I'm saying. Well, then you should play Joyra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, like, like, that is the card. Those are the cards that I like. I would com- I compare Low Shield to when I see it. Like, this is like, this is def- obviously not a Joyra or a Vidalcan Either Mage. Um, like, but this is like such a solid and reliable card draw engine in mono white mm-hmm. that like is no is no joke. Like I've played Loshiel in my Laurel deck several times, and I'm drawing like one card each turn at minimum. And Phyrexian Arena does the exact same thing, and that's been that was a format staple for a very long time. So I think Loshiel does have some ground to stand on. I mean, it's and not she, exactly Phyrexian Arena, though, because Phyrexian Arena is a guaranteed draw. Like, if you don't have a creature that comes in, then you don't get that draw. Right, yeah. But you can't always be guaranteed to get Phyrexian Arena on turn three. That is true. You can guarantee that if Loshiel is your commander. Exactly. And she also has some of the best lore and flavor of any character. And this is directly from the little blurb that each uh, legendary creature gets. Loshiel proudly admits she's willing to work very hard in order to be as lazy as possible, which is just is just a whole mood. Oh, she, like, so she's putting in work. So that's she can like be lazy. that's how I approach all of my design work. <laughs> or very hard to be in, in order to be as lazy as possible. Like every elephant humanoid is a loxodon. I also like her first ability: just prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures. That way, you can continuously swing out and not worry about things. Yes, um, I do think you like throwing vigilance in there somewhere would be really good. Oh, for sure. So that way, like you, like I, I just there was a lot of put Helion well, in the deck. Yeah, there was a lot of times where I wanted to swing in, but couldn't because I was afraid of crackback. So like being able to like having having some vigilant creatures would go a long way with this. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Low Shield, the Clockwork Scholar. Love her. Love it. Love it. Uh, Jazz, do you have any cards left? Oh yeah, I have two. Okay, cool. Um, do you want black or do you want red? Ooh, give me red. I don't have a mono red card in my in my list. So my red card is um, another legendary. I chose a lot of legendaries because I just saw like I thought they would be interesting deck builds. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like with Lashiel, she's she'd be great in the ninety nine, and so and this card is also would has proven to be great in the 99. Um, this is Rionia, Fire Dancer. She's a legendary creature, human wizard, 3-4, for 3 generic and 2 red, so uh, mana value 5. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control, where X is 1 plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. They gain haste, exile them at the beginning of the next end step. 
she's wild. That's so much text. The potential of what she can do is wild. So basically, you cast a lot of instants or sorceries, you go to your attack step, you you then are trigger Rionia, and she will create copies of a creature that you own, that you control. They all have haste, they can all attack. Honestly, I don't think you need a whole lot of instants and sorceries. You really because don't. Because she, she already does it just baseline once each yeah, turn. Yeah, exactly. So like, like I think like really good high impact red like creatures are the like the way to go with this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing like red ETB creatures, red creatures that have attack triggers, um, to to really get her going, and then just have some supplementary uh, instants and sorceries to help you. The one thing I don't like about Rionia's design is it goes against it kind of goes against the red like unwritten motto unwritten mantra or at least just like not necessarily red specifically but just of magic players where you cast spells on your second main phase rather than your first just so you can Mm -hmm. get better value out of things so but this one wants you to cast them in your first main phase so that you can reap the benefits on it during your combat phase that's like my only nitpicky and that's not even an issue for me but it's just a very nitpicky sort of problem that i have well you know you know how you could you know uh curb that a little bit if you do want to cast spells in your second main phase what have multiple combat phases multiple combat phases yes she will she will trigger per combat so yes that's insane that is so like if you cast like a a thing like maybe right what what is it waves waves of aggression is the entwine one mm-hmm. the the instant that does that gets you an extra combat step or relentless assaults that kind of thing or if you're in white and red you've got um research the the split one the resurgence one that gives you an extra retrace. combat step retrace oh waves of aggression yeah that's a, that's a retrace one yeah um yeah so like i think there, there's a lot of fun to be had with that extra combat if you want, steps yeah yeah if you want bigs, i mean you don't, even, you don't even need the extra combat step like spells you could just use like the creatures the that creatures. give you extra extra combat steps the enchantment that gives you extra combat steps i think this would be really fun with like if you had a morag out and like a hellkite um what's that one hellkite charger i think mm-hmm. it that gives you extra combat steps when you attack yeah and like combat celebrant or like any of those like this just seems like a really fun high impact. Oh god, with combat celebrant for sure. Yeah, I think it goes infinite with combat celebrant. I can't. I'm not. Don't, don't quote me on that. But oh, it, cool, either way, it, you exert the combat cel. Wait, you go. You go to your combat step. You create a token of your combat celebrant. You exert one of them. You go to your next combat step. You create another token. You exert one of them. Yeah, it goes infinite. Love that for us. As long as like you don't have blockers that kill your combat celebrant, but you need to hold back one, but you can still continue continuously get combat steps. Yeah, I mean, like an ink shield will shut it down. Um, but if you want all of those combat celebrant tokens to stick around, you can always slap in a sundial of the infinite. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of the R- Rionia is a really fun toss Rionia in the ninety nine of Obeka. Obeka, yes, love it. Oh, what do you got next? What do you got? What do you got going next? My next one is Guardian Augmenter. This is a troll wizard. Ooh, he costs that? two and a green. And he's got two power, two toughness. He's got flash. And he reads, commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two. And commander creatures you control have hexproof. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah, so this is like a color-shifted Bastion Protector. What color is this? Green. Green? Ew, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a strictly better green version of a white card that existed already. Groundbreaking, I know. But I actually think this is a... Like, trolls have, like, a history in Magic as, like, getting, like, either regeneration or hexproof. So I like the flavor there. Um... I also like the fact that it can be a combat trick, so you can protect, or not a combat trick, but, like, just a response to your commander getting targeted. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, I just, I I want more of these kinds of cards in, like, I would love a cycle of all, like, three drops that give your commanders, like, a really solid keyword. Like, maybe the, so, like, we've gotten Bastion Protector, which makes it indestructible. Commander, your creatures you control with Hexproof, now in green. So, like... Maybe there would be, like, one in red that gives it double strike, or, like, and one in black that gives it infect, maybe. So, yeah, that's, like, it's just a really solid green card Mm -hmm. (laughs) that if you in any way, shape, or form care about your commander, like, staying alive, I would recommend putting, slipping this into your deck. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The buff alone is nice, the plus two, plus two, but then just the, the hex proof on top of that. Yeah, like, it's relevant in green as well, because green has a lot of power matters stuff. I mean, green just gets everything. We know. <laughs> that's just an un- that's just an unwritten truth yeah. of the game. But, yeah. Like, I play green, uh, so as a green, as a, as a green mm-hmm. uh, fan, it's just, it's just more, more of the same, though. It's just like, oh, green has a powerful card? Cool. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, that's that's Guardian Augmenter. I think we'll be seeing it a fair bit. What's a CMC? Three. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the other option was that the Bog Bonder with the Hexproof token. I mean, Wayward, token. Uh, Wayward Bog Bonder is... No, Slippery Bog Bonder is, like, still a, still a good card, I think. Like, it's just more redundancy, really. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you have... What's your last card? My next card, I can't tell if it's good or if it's jank, so maybe you can help me decipher whether it's good or jank. Um, but even even if it is jank, I still think it's okay. interesting. And even if it is really good, I kind of think that it's not shouldn't be in every single deck. Um, it's Marshland Bloodcaster. It, it, it's a creature, Vampire Warlock, 3-5 for 4 generic and 1 black. It has flying, and you can pay 1 one generic, one black, and tap it to activate its ability of rather than pay the mana cost of the next spell you cast this turn, you may pay life equal to that spell's mana value. So, it's an activated ability that you have to tap for, and the only way you really want to use it is to cast spells probably of mana value four or more. Like, you really wouldn't want to do this just for three life. Hell, I wouldn't even want to do it for four life. So it's like five life or more. I I would I would say, is this a good card? I don't know. Well, I mean, Crick Son of Yogmoth is considered a very good card. Yeah, but Crick can do it for every spell. Exactly. So if like you could do that once per turn, I would say that that's good. But for uh, five, what's, her C- what, what's the CMC for five? She's five. Yeah. With an activated ability a, of two. That's a little steep. Yeah. It's steep. It's a fun ability. 
Um, I think that it is overcosted for a reason because that is a very powerful ability, um, which like with the right setup can be abused uh, pretty readily. So I appreciate that they like didn't go full ham with this. Yeah, because... I don't. I don't hate it. I I don't. But I can't decide if I love it because you only really want to cast it, or you really you only really want to play it in a life gain deck. I mean, you can play mm-hmm. it. You can play it in other decks, obviously, but it'll shine best in a life gain deck. Um, this is true. I mean, which is probably which is why it was put in the Witherbloom precon. Yeah, of course. But I think it's fun. I think it's for it's it's definitely for a more casual table. And is like, it though? It, I think it is. It facilitates big splashy plays where you pay a bunch of life and like slap something down the board. Um, like that's kind of where I see it starting and ending. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you have any more cards left? Uh, I have one card left. Okay. My, 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 my finishing card is a big finisher in that it is Wake the Past. Ooh. So it is a sorcery for five, a red, and a white. And it reads, return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. And they gain haste until the end of turn. That's a strong card. It is a finisher. It's literally a finisher. Like if like it's all the upside of like open the vaults and like none of the downsides. Mm-hmm. Like of course it's restricted to two colors and it's slightly higher costed, but this is exactly what an artifact deck wants. Especially if you've got a lot of artifact creatures, like the Lorehold deck does. Mm-hmm. Like I just think this is a phenomenal like finisher in like in the those kinds of strategies. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I would just be careful when casting it, um, because just keep you know keep an eye on your graveyard make sure you've got enough to at least kill one person after casting this because you know if you slap this down and you bring out a big ton of chunky artifact creatures everyone's going to be looking at you like whoa what are they doing that's scary you need to deal with that right like like and that's a lot easier to manage when there's one less player on like pointing a target at you mm-hmm. so yeah that's all i would say about wake the past um, it's a strong it's card. A, it's a strong card. I really like it. It's like I I think I'm keeping the Lorehold deck together, and I'm just going to be upgrading it because like I just have that much fun playing it. And you were saying that you liked it more than your Wildlife deck, right? Oh yeah, just like in comparisons, like if we're comparing precons, like this the Lorehold deck is miles and miles better than the Wildlife one. Mm, yeah. Yeah uh jazz overall what do you think of the c2021 cards and decks i think they're great um we did the whole like only playing pre-con decks against pre-con decks pods Mm -hmm. um all of them have great potential all of them show like the ability to win no one deck seems better than the other as far as gameplay wise um, value-wise, they're you know it's leaning to some decks being more expensive than the other or getting more value out of it than the other. Like, I only got the Witherbloom deck because you told me all Hummer, all archive was in it. And yes, that's a really good reprint. It went down from like twenty-five dollars to like four. Yeah, from that reprint, it's so good and it's such a powerful artifact. It is. I'm really great, glad great, great, great that we saw it. Yeah. Um, um and so yeah. overall, I really like the the commander 21 sets they are adequately power leveled 
in the right hands, they can be very, very strong, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, Prismari just pop off. <laughs> um, yes, that's very true. But um, it's the same for all the other decks, though, because there's the a, a, potenti- a potentiality for all of these decks to be very strong. Bitch. <laughs> brought it back. Um, yeah, you brought it back. Um, I will say there, there. I have one bugaboo with the decks, and that is that um, there are three cards across the decks that just absolutely should not be in them, and that is Obnixilus Reignited, Garrick Primal Hunter, and Zatalpa Primal Dawn. Why don't you? What do you have against Zatalpa? She she like is in so many precons. She was in the like she was in a precon last year. Yeah, because in, it, there's like, a Coria. Yeah, because it was like Coria. Why the hell is she in one now? Like it don't Let make her sense. Be. No, because I'm sick of her. I'm sick of seeing her in precons. Like she's cheap enough. Reprint other cool white legendary creatures. And the same thing for Obnixilus and Garrick. Obnixilus was in a precon last year, and Garrick Primal Hunter was in a precon the year before. So like there are other good re- like planeswalkers you should reprint. Like those guys are fine. This is the wildest like argument or stance I just, stance I've, I, I've heard in a while. I just, I just think that there, there's, there's so many other like cards. Like I know they're like, they're like good introduction planeswalkers. They're easy. They're simple to understand. But just like make new ones or reprint other ones. It's not that hard. Sure. <laughs> That's it. Like, like I think wa- like th- those kinds of cards should have like a cool off period of like one or two years before being reprinted in a precon again. Okay. I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> you, you don't need to. Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there who agrees with me. I'm I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any favorite cards from the C21 pre-con decks, uh, don't uh, be shy. Um, put some more. <laughs> no. Um Oh, yeah, don't be shy. Put some more. Yeah. Uh, feel free to uh, show us those cards. Um, our Twitter is at PartnerPod, P A R T N E R P O D. You can find me at uh, Redacted Ralph on Twitter. Uh, Jazz, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me listening to Butter and practicing the choreography to Butter and streaming Churn Butter, it, baby. And um, let's yeah, stream Butter on spotify and on youtube watch the music video anyways but they can also find me tweeting about butter on twitter.com at jazzworth or uh catch my streams where i'll be wanting to talk about butter on for butter or for worse for butter for worse uh twitch.tv slash jazzworth that's where you can find me uh and my twitch is ralph is redacted um we are both uh streaming regularly uh feel free to pop in join the chat it's a good time uh, I stream Arena and Pokemon and uh, Art. Uh, Jazz uh, also streams some really fun games. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we love you. Bye. Bye.